0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thanks so much for stopping by and checking this out. Now, of course, this is the show where we interview graphic designers and creatives about the print projects that they helped bring to life, the stories behind them, the ideas behind them, the production side of things, what it took to bring them to life, and if you designer who wants to create print and you just haven't got there yet or you're starting to dabble in that print world you are going to want to go to printdesignacademy.com and get uh, our free guide we have this little guide on there that is uh, basically print ready files in like a few easy steps. It's this awesome checklist that you can just go through every time you're about to send a file to print. Helps you guide you through sort of that cleanup process to make sure that when you send that file to your printer, there's no questions, it's easy for them to understand. There's it re- like reduces the likelihood of any mistakes or things being missed or dropped off and proofing and all of that good stuff. Easy print ready files checklist. Go to printdesignacademy.com. Just scroll down like a teeny bit. It's just on the homepage there. Sign up and get that checklist. It'll set you off on the right foot to creating great print. Now, in today's episode, my guest is Mr. Britt Cobb, who is a graphic designer at Pentagram. You might have heard of them before. Little design company out of New York. He also works on the Michael Bay team over there at Pentagram. And today's deep dive is on an offset printed book called The FBI Guide to Internet Slang. Now, this isn't really like the the book that the the FBI actually put out, but the FBI did actually put about a book out. This is um, what was created with that as inspiration. In this episode, we dive into that, and we talk about the story behind that project, the production, and what it took to bring that project to life, and all that kind of jazz. But I'm not going to tell you that, because Britt is a way better storyteller than I am. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest, Mr. Brett Cobb. Here we go. Welcome to the Print Design
1: Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep, to holding the finished product in their hand, and all the key decisions in between. So, let's talk ink on paper.
0: Britt, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. Happy Thursday to you
0: no you didn't need to dress up for this my god i feel i feel like
1: <laughs> look um all i have are these button-down shirts from showing up in an office for a decade and then suddenly no one works in an office and i just have these shirts that require ironing and stuff so sorry <laughs> that's what you got i almost <laughs> sleep in these things at this point
0: so it's a quick look in the closet which one looks the least wrinkly today let's just go <laughs> this one <laughs> exactly That's the thing with the Canadian plaid pattern, man. You couldn't tell. This has been thrown in corners for months. I haven't watched this in a year and a half. (laughs) It's
1: a little (laughs) disgusting, Dave, but that's okay. Thanks for sharing.
0: Yeah, well, you can't smell it, so we're all good there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I want to start it off with what I call the toughest question, and that is tell us about yourself, Britt.
1: No, that is a tough question. But hey, I don't mind doing it. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Britt. I am a uh, graphic designer. I work for a design studio called Pentagram Design. Um, I grew up in... Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina uh, in a little town called Gastonia, North Carolina. And um, where I was an artistic kid, very supported by my parents and my creativity in every fashion, whether I was, you know, acting in plays at my church or playing sports or drawing or just cutting up, you know, making a raucous in a uh, uh, restaurant. My parents were laughing all the way along and really supporting me. So awesome. i looking and then looking back, it was sweet to have them be that way. And even when I was a high schooler and really into, to art, um, like fine art, where I, when I sh, you know said one day I want to be a graphic designer, they just didn't question it and, and said, "Yeah, go for it." And uh, it's funny how you know I'm very obedient. I had an art teacher who told me, "You know what, Britt, you kind of like you seem quick with your hands and quick with your mind. You'd be a good graphic designer." And I just said, "Okay, yeah, uh, I think there's a <laughs> there's a school in my state that that has that, that major. Let me apply to that one school." And I did apply to that one school, and I got in. That's North Carolina State University. They have a great design school, um, graphic design department. There's really solid. And, um, you know, four years later, I have a diploma. I have a couple of prospects lined up. Um, I had some internships while I was while I was a student. Um, but when I graduated, I you know, I, I didn't set my sights on, on New York necessarily. I had a professor who was so kind to – who once worked for my boss at Pentagram, Michael Beirut, who said, Britt, you know, if you want, um, I could put in a good word for you uh, to Michael at, Michael Beirut at Pentagram, New York. And I was like, wait, what? You'll put in a good word for who? I I, I would have never in my wildest dreams just cold called and, or emailed or whatever and said, hey, yeah. I want to apply for a job. Who does that? And I, I was thinking, all those kids that go to like real art schools are just going to just crush me. You know, Like mm. no, no chance in hell that I would... I would ever get a job there. But she was willing to send my portfolio out. And like, when I say send it out, r- literally sent out a printed portfolio that I made by hand, wow. wrapped it with fabric. Had, well, I mean, yeah, it, wow. But also it had like plastic sleeves in them so I could slide in. So It was, it was part like professional graphic designer, part third grade book report, kind of <laughs> put it in back plastic <laughs> sleeves. But I mailed it up, had a phone call with, uh, I applied for an internship. I had a chat with their intern coordinator at the time, and they said, Hey, sorry, but the positions are all filled for, through the year. But if you want next year as a consolation prize, you can be an intern then <laughs> as a consolation prize. Uh, you, uh, if you don't, or she said, If you don't have anything better to do, anything else in mind, we'd love to have you. And I said, I will patiently wait until the beginning of next year. I'll save up like a good boy because I'm moving to New York, and I've just mm-hmm. been, a co- I'm a college student effectively. I need some some cash just to like live and so I saved up for six months and then you need that
0: bagel money (laughs)
1: exactly like barely (laughs) I'm talking like instant oatmeal and a you know (laughs) that's on a that's on like a good day when I'm feeling fresh Mm. um but yeah so I, I moved up there in January of 2010 the internship I was a part of the internship program was with specifically Michael Beirut's team uh was four or five months long and at the end of it I figured you know if i don't like new york i mean i had no commitment at that point in time i was just like all i was focused on was doing as good as i could in my career and learning yeah. as much as i could but you know i'm just like a like a a southern boy and like i had I knew i had the chops to do it but if i didn't like it for whatever reason i know i could come back home and, and figure it out here i had some resources down here but i fell in love with it as yep. many, many people who move to New York do. And it just yep. instantly sort of changes you. And I knew when my three, four month internship was up, I really wanted to like stick around. And I let Michael know that. But that was like a month before I, my internship was up. I really had, like, I really loved it so much that I was like, I really don't want to apply anywhere else. I guess I'll just, it's bad, poor planning. I, I said, I guess I'll just like figure it out afterwards. Someone will hire me, right? And then mm-hmm. um, oh. No, joke, Dave. Like my last week there we had a little intern, the farewell intern lunch and we came back after eating, you know, Mexican food or something with the whole team and um, Michael said, hey Britt, will you meet me upstairs for a second? And I thought, oh, he's just going to ask me to kind of lay something out. I don't know, something like work a day right and um but also part of me thought is this what I think is happening is it and so we walk up to a little conference room and he said you know Britt um everyone really likes working with you here and I'd love for you to stick around and a couple people earlier that month had left just because they're moving on to new things and and I like stars aligned and I just remember just feeling like I got like what I I couldn't believe it and I thought oh my i was so worried about what I was going to do after that internship and I suddenly didn't have to worry about it anymore he asked me just Mm -hmm. shook my hand and said, all right, come in on Monday, like nothing's different. And I said, yes, sir. And then um, I've, I've sat in that same seat ever since. I, I, I haven't worked anywhere else. I've worked with him since that day, since that January in 2010. Start as an intern, you become a designer when you're full time. And then it's pretty flat, horizontal hierarchy there. And I mean, mm-hmm. you do get a bump where you, you could. You, you kind of stick around long enough and you sort of show that you got the chops. You kind of get a promotion and title, which is called an associate partner, which is what I am. But my day-to-day is really doing what I did back in you know, 2010, 2011, just designer day-to-day working out um, projects with Michael and, and my teammates. And our team is uh, like 16 people, including Michael, mm-hmm. 10 or 11 of us are designers and then the other have interns are designers as well like I was. Two mm-hmm. interns at a time and we have some coordinators so yeah I kind of crammed that in in a few minutes but uh, th- yeah. that is to say like I'm, I'm kind of where I started in a way but I love working there and I just um, have gotten so much out of working there I sort of thought like I kind of got like drafted if draft is the right word to the yankees or like your hat and i sort of like uh, yeah. he's got a yankees hat listener uh yankees hat on his head <laughs> um <laughs> and i thought why why would i want to leave the yankees so suck around
0: yeah, good fit, man. So when he pulls you up that's like that moment where he pulls you up before the internship is done, was that like your moment to sort of flip the script? He's like, you know, we'd like you to stick around and you're like, you know what? That'd be great. It's gonna cost you two hundred grand. <laughs> uh,
1: Dave, I wish
0: <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't even
1: know there was such a word as like I did not that I had any, I, I didn't yeah. know that people leverage them for, for whatever. I felt like he was doing being such a kind person and just extending mm-hmm. his arm out to me. It's of like, course, of course. You, like the, the, yeah. the door was cracked open for you. You stuck your whole leg in and then I'll just open all the way so you can completely enter the room. I just felt so just like lucky to even be sitting in that room with him to ask me the question. I didn't in mm-hmm. in hindsight. Yeah. I wish I had said that, but. No, I
0: did <laughs> <laughs> Of course. No, but when you get a great opportunity, you get a great opportunity, right?
1: Yeah, man. I, and I've run I've run with it.
0: Awesome. Um, Britt, what was your earliest memory of printer packaging? Maybe something from your mm. childhood, from your teens?
1: Well, when I was a kid, I was always sort of, well, you know, end of summer is a sad time and you've got to go back to school and... I mean you get to see re- reunite with your friends and stuff but it also means like you got to start reading more and studying and doing homework and stuff and I always yeah. like just the month of July just fading fast always sort of depressed me but the light at the end of the tunnel was always back to school shopping and um, yeah. you know not not like the what most people might think like new sneakers new backpack I was more interested in like let's get the supply list out let's march Supplies. let's let's march down 100%. to target Let's look at that. You know, they just set up those aisles and aisles of mead notebooks and construction paper yep. and scissors and Elmer's glue and stuff. And let's, yes, let's fulfill the supply list, but let's also get a little, you know, let's get some extras along the way. And I, and the thing I always loved was the Crayola crayon box, the, and no matter the size, whether you give me the basic eight count, the 24 count the 64 and if you go up to the highest is a hundred and something I don't know where it is now but it was the one with the great flap that you sort of had the perforated edges and you kind of punched it yes. out you delicately opened it because you know you've got like a semester with these crayons right and so you got to take it easy and I was a very <laughs> neat, I was a very neat kid and tidy yeah. and I thought I'm not gonna rip this open like some animal I'm gonna take my time with it and then when you open it up you just saw those beautiful colorful Spike sticking up at you, un, untouched, unused, ready yeah. to draw. Oh, it's
0: just so fulfilling.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and the fact it wasn't it was, it was like like kind of like a geode in a way. You kind of open this rock, open and these beautiful, shining, colory, crystally things are looking back at you. And then, and if you remember, like, some of them had sharpeners on the back. Like they had that little plastic white. I know that was yep. And I don't remember if it had like real metal in it or not, or if it was just hard sharp like sharp plastic but you you know for those of us who really needed a sharp point in our crayons doing some real detailed work we had we, we, yeah. we had the sharpener and there's just something beautiful at the box something about the, the the crayons themselves how they're sort they're not like the crappy t- you know waxy ones they were sort of like an yeah chalky uncoated the paper was uncoated the way you ripped the paper when you were kind of getting to the part the point where you're using too much of the crayon so you know so yeah crayons are my (laughs) my earliest memory just because (laughs) that's just just because it was you know not only just a part of school part of growing up but it was a big part of like Mm -hmm. it was a versatile artistic instrument i had to sort of exercise my creativity and um yeah. which every kid kind of had you sort of become obsessed with colors in that way and There was just something about the production of those and seeing them all at once and feeling like you're in a weird to say here mm-hmm. kind of felt like you had control over your own uh like your 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 work and your studies it was like you felt like an adult you've got in in terms of like stationary right like you just felt like you had your folders and you know all this, but the, the crayons mm-hmm. just felt like this little unit this little packed thing that you had complete control over which i loved
0: yeah, for sure. And my kids now even love that stationery hunt, you know, getting all the school supplies. It's like a the early addiction to stationery because I was the same way. And I still have it. Like I'll be at Staples like all I need is printer paper and I'm like, "Oh, look at that. Look at that pack of Sharpies right there." Yeah, do I need
1: yeah. do I need those colorful red circle stickers? I think I don't I don't think so, but but maybe maybe I do need. I'm with I'm with you there. So I think there's a little bit of an obsession for everybody, but we graphic designers sort of mm-hmm. extend it beyond its shelf life, and it enters into our design careers too. So for sure, that's and my my I have a five year old too, and so let's just say I I doubly I'm doubling down on the amount of time I'm spending in that supply yeah. list aisle list um, aisle.
0: It's like, you know, you, you let, yeah, that Hot Wheel looks great, but what about this box of crayons <laughs> what, what do you think of that? Yeah, he's and my, and my,
1: and my five-year-old. He's like into coloring and stuff, so thank God, you know, now we can really bond. Love it. Yep.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's the connecting moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what about recently then, Britt? Have you had any, like, recent interactions with print or packaging or something that you really enjoyed or was surprising or unique to you?
1: Um, well, it's funny. I mean – i'm in my little room working my home office working mm-hmm. nowadays and it's sad how few times we actually get to well you're getting where things are becoming more and more normal kind of like going out in the world and going into stores and buying stuff but it's funny how often you sort of i'm waiting by the mailbox for the mail to come just so i can see if like as if someone's going to mail me a letter nowadays <laughs> i just sort of think like <laughs> and it's not even my birthday or anything i'm just wondering. i might you know maybe someone wrote will write me something or Will think you know without my asking. Will surprise me with a letter that doesn't happen. But you know, we so rarely kind of receive these things, anything in the mail. And I'm just, I guess that's to say, I'm pining for something physical. But um, my my boss Michael, every year at the end of the year, kind of as a, a holiday gift, he gives each one of his team members a book, and it's okay. a tradition he's always done. So at the end of the year, typically it's a holiday party at his home in in New York. Mm-hmm. You know he whips out twenty books or so, and they're all wrapped. And each of us, a member of his team, unwraps the book that he got us for the holidays as a holiday gift. And um, and sometimes it's just like, hmm, wonder what what he meant by. I love this book, but wow, what an obscure topic, right? I mean, he he he's also a <laughs> av- big reader, avid reader, super smart. Ha- has brain capacity to take on so many varied topics that it's insane i've not met another person like him so you sort of think oh he got me this book because like it it's going to fulfill some hole he thinks i have in my life and you know they're never like self-help or something like that but then they are just like sometimes they're about you know design about art about writing whatever it's usually a creative Mm -hmm. sort of book it's not like a, a novel or anything and um this past year he got me and um i'll get it hang on it's on a shelf over here um i'll hold it up sorry listener you can't see this but i'm holding up a uh a two volume uh book set of a paul mccartney book it's kind of his autobiography oh, cool. called the lyrics and it's this great yep. and and, and if you can't any you know, that bright green slip cover that it's in it's uh, a yeah. wrapped in cloth and it's got this foil stamp on the front paul mccartney the lyrics just type on the cover and the beautiful part if you turn it sideways you see the two books the spines of the books and it has a you know Paul's face spanning the bottom where typically the publisher's uh, logo goes and then at the top it has mm-hmm. the A through K, L through Z designation for like his lyrics A through K and then L through Z so it's kind of like a uh, an encyclopedia so to speak of his lyrics but the beautiful thing is I mean god how many books have been written about Paul McCartney? There's a bajillion of them but he he, he <laughs> was part of this one He you know it's got his name as the author on the front so it's an autobiography but the, it's, it's great in that the I've not gotten through the entire book yet, but You know, he uses the titles of his lyrics as an entry point to Tony's story about his life, where the story, where the, you know, the background on that particular story or where he was in his life at that point in time. So it's not a chronological, I was born in Liverpool in 1940, whatever. It's like it starts with the first song. The the story starts with the first song that starts with an A, and it keeps going and going and going. So he's bouncing from decade to decade, depending on what what particular song you're on. So it's kind of nice, and you pick it up anywhere you... You know, anywhere in the book, it doesn't matter. Like, you can flip to the second book halfway through and enjoy that little so, – so for people who are kind of, like, impatient like me and kind of, like, mind wanders too much when you're reading to, like, focus on the material at hand, nice little short chapters work well for me. <laughs> so so, so I've, got, I've, I've got that happening. Yes. And, um and uh, it's just beautifully designed. I checked out the the credits, and it's it's designed by Triborough, which is a studio based in, in Brooklyn. They've been around. They've been a name I've been listening hearing for about a decade now, and they're really, really great. Mm-hmm. And they even designed a custom typeface for the book called Rigby, named after the song Eleanor Rigby. So it's like firing on all cylinders over here. Michael got this for me in um, the last year. So um, here it is April. I'm still kind of like slogging through and haven't got quite through it. But just like the physical the beauty of it is something to behold just like the the, the green slipcase alone was so nice it's just like i don't know why they green. The green. i don't know and um so that that's my most recent kind of acquisition that that's you know i'm fawning over
0: yeah that was beautiful i actually made a note because i think my dad would love that. oh yeah yeah so he's I, a- I made a note of that and like the, the sort of selfish print side of me. I'm like, but like, obviously I want to see it first. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's before, got, before it's got dust
1: jackets. It's just got beautifully printed imagery on the inside. It's like, it's filled with the goods. It's, it's everything you want more.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That's a great one, yeah. man. Um, Kicking it back in time here again, what was the very first print project that you ever designed? You ever created the first one you ever produced, Brent?
1: So I'll make it kind of like my first professional print job. Or, or how about this? This is, this would be fun. This would be fun. On my first day at Pentagram, which is like, I'll say it was my first big job, big boy job. I show up as an, as an intern. Oh, you know, I'm coming in uh, January, 2010. It's right after the holidays. Everyone's coming in late that, you know, everyone's kind of like, Oh, no one's like getting in at eight o'clock on January 4th and saying, all right, let's get back to work. Everyone's coming in slow. It's my first day as an intern. I come in right on time. Ready to go. Don't know anybody. Willing to do anything. And our coordinator dropped on my desk. She said, okay, so there is this – one of our clients, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, has an annual report that's been completely designed and we just need someone to send it off to print. And typically I I think that like – I don't know. Interns would just melt. Just like – what? What? You want me to do? Um, excuse me. And, <laughs> I, and like my 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 background in school, because you know I was in school. I, I started in two thousand five. Like people were definitely designing websites and all that stuff. But it the 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 means by which you designed a lot of things in design school was print. And so I was very accustomed yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. setting things up, printing it and it's also like a media you get to see print it see how big it is and look at it so i was like doing that a lot in school and i was very very interested in printing and letterpress printing and screen printing in school so like i had some knowledge about print production i just picked up and also some internships but um show up day one at pentagram and and someone's asking you hey can you please prep a file for print it's on like newsprint man it's like it's not like your traditional job it's like they're printing this at a newspaper factory kind of thing print print shop and so um i just remember fretting so much about that little maybe it was like a 16 pager 16 pager thing but it mm-hmm. was on you know like i'm used to printing on like staples eight and a half by 11 paper on my own little print now it's like really coming to life and um And also having to be a good steward for the previous designer, you know, who kind of set it up and, or maybe as a previous intern Mm -hmm. that was there before me set it up and I had to finish it off, you know, (laughs) so like I had to go in and tighten some things up here and there and then also just prep it up for print and pray to God. I just remember, Mm -hmm. it's like one thing to feel new to New York and like, oh my God, this place is nuts. But then to feel like you have the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists who is kind of like a real, I'm not even getting into who the the client is, I'm sorry, leaving out the key ingredient they're this really important organization that sort of let the world know how close we are to like being annihilated so to speak so you know like (laughs) so they have this this thing called the atomic clock which indicates you know how close we are to midnight and getting to midnight is not a very promising prospect it's sort of like it's about war it's about nuclear war it's about biochemical it, it, things that are way above my pay grade to be even talking about but it's like scary yeah. stuff and you know like we mm-hmm. just Michael and Armin Michael Beirut and Armin fit designed their identity years before I arrived and so Michael was, was doing designed their annual report and um, and his team and so I was you know just the one bringing it to life but like you kind of so it's one thing to feel the, the weight of um like, oh my god, this is Pentagram's name on it. It's another thing to feel like the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists who are the smartest people on the and scientists on the planet and now I'm the one that has to ensure that their message gets printed properly onto paper and distributed to the necessary channels just so, seemed like, oh dear god, don't screw it up. Not only will you end your career, but you might not ever... You have to, you know, I don't know. The, you know my, someone will hide, conceal my identity and... And I'll have to live somewhere else and change my name and all that sort of thing. So that was my very first print job. But hey, it went okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I still have copies of it somewhere. So, it, and, and that's part of the beauty of print. It's um, it lives. Mm-hmm. It has a life beyond just you know the initial launch of a thing. It's still tucked away in my samples box somewhere, and um, I can revisit it every once in a while to remember. I remember that time in designing that thing.
0: Nice. That's a solid one to be thrown in the mix of like a little bit scary. But like solid, you pulled Yeah, it thank God. <laughs> so, taking it down a little bit of a different path yeah. here. Have you ever been part of a print project that just did not turn out as you'd hoped? Did not go well? Went sideways? Can you tell me about that,
1: Dave? I'm sorry to say, yes, I'm sa- I, It's sad to talk about it, but yeah, I, I'll tell you all about it. So, another print. If
0: you cry, I can like. <laughs> no, you know, enough, with so. <laughs> with every kind of
1: misstep you make, or you learn from every project. Yep. So that's sort of the benefit of it. 100%. But um, stinks when you kind of have to own up to certain things. And it's and it's like a simple thing to happen, actually. So um, we were designing an admissions book for a college up in Massachusetts, and um, okay. you know. Uh, the the admissions it's like, sort of like a not a course catalog kind of thing but more like a marketing piece they send out to high schoolers to apply to the school so it's a yeah, it's a yeah, book yeah. that has a lot of drama and beautiful pictures printed on it and um, of course Michael and I were like true designers designed the hell out of this book and it looked like a magazine more than anything and um, and so we we had this book which was a perfect bound book uncoated stock but sort mm-hmm. of oversized maybe like not, not maybe 11, I'm i I'm blanking on the exact measurement, maybe like 11, 14, not standard shove it in a nine by 12 envelope and then, uh, you know, mail it out. It was, it was an odd size. Um, the, okay. so, you know, maybe like 40, 50 pages, um, perfect bound glued, you know, and then uncoated paper, lo- lots of black ink on the outside of it. Like more than you can imagine, just type and white knocked out of it. And on the back, you'd slap a label on it and mail it out as is. So, okay. um, my printer, who uh, who is wonderful and like totally a partner with me, um, we he it, it, there was something like we had to mail out maybe like a thousand of these quickly for some reason before they mailed out all the rest of them, and so we rushed to have them printed and mailed out a, a quick batch. And meanwhile, because it was so rushed, my printer mailed me. Uh, you know, kind of like, oh, typically what I do is I like to mail these things out in the mail to make sure they don't get banged up and just see how they look when they when the recipient receives them. And so there wasn't much time for that. So those 1,000 whatever books of the initial batch were mailed out and he wouldn't have time to like test it, see how it like fared in the mail. And he – I just remember him calling me and just kind of like sort of silently – saying, hey, Britt, did you receive the uh, the admissions book in the mail yet? And I said, no, I don't know. Well, what happened? He's like, well, I got mine in the mail. Maybe you should check your mailbox. And I checked it out and I saw this book that just looked mangled. It looked like a, you know, like the classic dog chasing the mailman. It looked like a dog just like ripped it all to shreds, Look at it, like ran over. And then, I don't know, like anything you can imagine happened terrible to a printed piece in the mail, this happened. And what we realized is, is that we just mailed out a big old book without even giving it any kind of protection we assumed it was like some magazine that you get and it like just beautifully comes without just a couple creases here and there but no this was like bad part part of it was it was so big and the paper wasn't thin like a magazine so it didn't bend so easy and so it's sort of and it's and it's uncoated and it just got every little scrape you saw it and so it got all banged up and so what we end up having to do is sort of it was funny because we told our client, I'm sorry, but, um, we mailed out all those a thousand books you asked for, but then we also did a little test. It looks like they got banged up. I'm so sorry, but we're going to make this right and, you know, get some envelopes and we'll, we'll kind of cover the cost of those initial ones and we'll buy envelopes. And we ended up finding the printer I was working with, found a beautiful clear envelope for us to slide them in, like fit like a glove. So beautiful. So we recovered from it. It was one of those things where like, if anyone says oversized, uncoated anything, I'm just just like mm-hmm. careful with those words because it's a, it's a sore <laughs> spot. And I might,
0: you don't just toss. Yeah. yeah and then I reach, in, I reach into my <laughs> shelf
1: and say, do you see this? Look what happened when I just didn't mail. So, so I guess is a kind of a, word from the wise here you know consider when it's going in the mail what kind of enclosure it's in be mindful that just because it's you love your Mm uncoated stock that it's going to be pristine on the other side it's not it's going to get banged around and tied around with a rubber band and you know you've seen your mail man mail woman your carrier shove your mail in the (laughs) mailbox that's what you're working with so be mindful of that
0: yeah, just be mindful. Did you keep the banged up copy? Like you, yeah, you hung yeah, on to yeah. it just for for Absolutely. memories. And
1: then Michael would always laugh at me when I whip it out. He's like, oh, that again. Here we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should really just like wrap it up turn as a gift for next Christmas. <laughs> it's my battle <laughs> it's scar. It's with me for thing. life. I have yeah. it. Yeah. You give me a book, let me give you something. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. book in yep. return. <laughs> That's terrific. That's a great example of one. Yeah. Um, so, Brit, now we're at that part of the show where I would love to do a deep dive into the project that we're here to talk about. And you had mm-hmm. passed along, um, you know, some links that give a little bit of history on the sort of the the, the holiday card sort of idea and the cleverness of that you guys usually mm-hmm. do. And I purposely did not <laughs> because I I wasn't familiar with the like what Pentagram does for holiday cards, and rather than like. You telling me the story and me going, "Oh my gosh, that's shocking! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea." I want to actually. You want your have head no to explode and, naturally? And to, I got you. I <laughs> understand. I want to just explode live on the video, live on okay, the call. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. So, yes, yeah, so
1: I'll give you the rundown. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, why don't you introduce this project and and the whole holiday yeah, so, card thing?
1: So, Pentagram every year at the end of the year they mail out like this is. like uh, office, not office-wide, but like company-wide because we have four offices in New York, London, um, Texas, and Berlin. We all collectively mail out the same holiday card, not like a greeting card sort of thing. And it's funny to even call it a card because it's never really looked anything like the cards you receive in the mail. (laughs) But it's, it's like a nice little, hi, how you doing, that we send to our clients, our collaborators, our colleagues, friends, you know, just anybody sort of where that are you know we're friendly with and um Mm -hmm. they are purposely not seasonal they're not ever about christmas or hanukkah or nothing and and they're they're usually something that's sort of meant to be a distraction from the holidays and the hustle and bustle and awkward dinners and whatever and with uncles and aunts and all that sort of stuff. And just to be like a fun little playful thing that sometimes a game or it's just some, something fun and distracting to read around the holidays. And so that's been around since, you know, our office is, um, turning 50 this year. They've been doing those holiday cards, wow. you know, two two years after they open. So you're, this is like the 48th or 47th, or 48th version, the one that was printed up last year. And, um, so this is just a legacy that, that continues. And, and now I don't know if the very, very first one matched the exact same format. I bet it did. But we're very diligent about like there are some constraints around it. It's, you know, mailed out normal in the U.S., our normal postal service, USPS kind of thing, same size. But um, the actual material changes every time. The print methods, the doesn't have to be a booklet, doesn't, you know, it, if it's a poster that folds up whatever whatever kind of happens happens mm-hmm. and so you're maybe wondering like how does the okay where do you get the material from kind of thing and so the partners meet twice a year the partners from the entire um, company get together twice a year at a, a, a kind of a, a, a big event where it's called IPC International Partners Conference and they do it twice and um, at the first one at the beginning of the year or kind of maybe first quarter um, they do things like plan financial thing they do like adult business people things you know they the real plan like how partners <laughs> do run but not like designers like they're designers but you know like they they worry about the important stuff such that the company runs and make it to where i just worry about design all day um but they decide that one partner is gonna uh be responsible for doing the holiday card that year and so there's a second hmm. ipc that happens later in the year kind of in the fall and at that point that partner pitches the idea to all the other partners and um And then typically it's met with great fanfare and it's like, yeah, go do it. You're at the end of the year, get it printed fast. And so I think rarely does it ever get shot down. So this year um, or last year, 2021, um, Michael Beirut was charged with doing it along with maybe it's like a tag team thing. This is a funny kind of um, dual partnership kind of uh, project where Michael Beirut and Matt Willie, who's our newest member uh partner in the New York office, we kind of tag teamed designing it this year. And um the the premise is that it the name of it is uh let me hang on let me whip it out here. Uh the FBI Guide to Internet Slang. And in 2014 the FBI had, like, circulated this internal document that was filled with all these acronyms. That you know, it's something like with the emergence of social media, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace. It's 2014, so like like mm-hmm. Instagram and stuff mm-hmm. was around. But like, I'm just imagining, you know, someone at the FBI is like, well, people are just using all these acronyms that aren't things like. ROI or RFP, return on investment, or you're like really like LOLs. What are all these things? And so people are just yeah. flummoxed by the idea of what are these? And they keep using them. There's more and more variations. And so the-
0: you can just see like a, a room full of like these older yeah. guys at the FBI who are like, "Hey, that new intern just said BRD. <laughs> broop, what does that mean? What's, what what's broop broop it broop mean? <laughs> Yeah, a, a lot of that. So, yeah, but so.
1: It's an eighty three page document. There's about three thousand different acronyms, some of which you'll recognize, some of which you're just like. That's kind of like one I've seen, but then you sort of read the answer and you're like, What the what? Who so you sort of sense that you know, who, who conducted this research? Who was their sample? Who, who, what (laughs) crowd are they sampling? And you kind of think maybe someone's screwing with someone, like someone's kid is screwing with them and like giving them these fake acronyms that don't really exist. So it's filled with like some, some real ones that you'd know, some (laughs) ones that are maybe important, but other ones that are just like insane. Like who, who says that? No one uses that. There's like 12 words in that acronym. No one's using that. That acronym. So um, that's the basic lay of the land is that that's, that's the document. And then um, Michael and, and Matt wanted to come use that as the entryway into creating this year's holiday card. So they picked a dozen or so different acronyms that offered a pretty fun range. And Matt Willie designed, um, was the one who really designed the interior spreads. He created two custom typefaces Mm -hmm. and um, all based on like, you know the classic navy blue jacket that fbi agents wear with with yellow stickers on the back say fbi whatever mm-hmm. like i think i've never seen an fbi agent in real life with uh, those jackets on but i assume that's real and um and so he, he he designed two typefaces kind of based on that and and named them edgar and clyde based f you know j edgar hoover and Clyde Tolson, the, the the director of the FBI, former director of the FBI, and his deputy, and so like he's got a so fun nod to the FBI there, and that was his real take of like that was his entry point to creating these two custom typefaces, which are just so mm-hmm. classic. Matt Willey and I, I'm obsessed with his. He, I think, I don't think he's ever encountered a project where he thought I'll use. An off-the-shelf typeface. He's always creating one on his own, and I'm all very jealous and um, have a lot of envy for all of his design work. Nonetheless, he designed the interior spreads. He and kind of you know, so he and Michael were in cahoots before I even came in, and then you know that partners meeting, the second one in the fall, I was talking about. Michael was like, "Hey, Brett, we got to present prepare a presentation for all the other partners about this idea that Matt and I have. Can you kind of help us put together the?" like the the keynote so i can present it to uh, all the other partners for approval and so you know we so matt handled the guts of the book and i and me and michael sort of handled the the intro and all the answers at the back and and like michael and matt too mm-hmm. so we all sort of like agreed upon some nice kind of production things that we could do to make it like just so seem right for like you know there's there's one like a holiday card that could be glitzy and glammy cuz it's just like It's the holidays. Make it shine. Make it sparkle. And then, but you know, the material at hand is like the. Mm -hmm. This is supposedly issued by the FBI, so let's make it feel like a government issued document. So copious amounts of like black ink on off-white paper. You know, of course they wouldn't Mm -hmm. have stark white. You know, they get like the recycled stuff. Although it's a nice, it's a nice stock we're working (laughs) with. so that's the basic lay of the land, and of course, of course, the partners all approved of it. Um, Michael and me and Matt, we all spent like it was, it was like we hit the ground running after that um, and produced this thing in, in kind of record time. And um, yeah, had it printed up by a great printer who's based in Connecticut. If, if I may name drop him, he's the man. His name's Rich Kaplan out of uh, uh, Connecticut, um, Allied Printing. He's the one that printed all these up. He's actually always prints these up for us. So it's kind of like there was no like shopping it around. We knew rich would do it for us really quickly. And he did a bang up job with it.
0: That's great. So that's sort of like the, the story of the, this project. Then talk to me a little bit now about bringing this to life. We've got Mm -hmm. custom typefaces, material selection what are you picking for materials and processes and and why well you we sort
1: those? of knew like i said earlier it could have been a booklet could be a poster could be cards i guess that might be maybe but like book yeah. felt right size of it is such that um you know page count wise had to be saddle stitched you know it's like just weird. be mm-hmm. weird to be um mm-hmm. Uh, perfect bound and um, we we knew that like the so in terms of coloration just felt right to do black and white also kind of like we maybe default to these sorts of things just because it's so stark and beautiful we love a lot of laying down a lot of black ink um, but it just felt kind of right but we mm-hmm. wondered should the cover be navy with yellow stamp on it should it not be and um, it all just felt like trying too hard <laughs> you know like, like let's make like the FBI would never do that they never yep print up one of those, na- like covers with a navy, navy cover with yellow stamp. They'd never do that. So um, we were kind of going for, in a way, kind of like making it look default in terms of its coloration. Like it's black and white because we printed it out like in our office and stapled it kind of thing. But but the production value <laughs> yes. was meant to be kind of like we really wanted those blacks to be printed super dark. So we did a double hit of black, and as I mm-hmm. understand it, it's sort of like a flash mm-hmm. UV drawing or something that happened is like is like hit it with black, yep. dry it, hit it again. So you really want those blacks to be dense because the worst thing you can have is like speck black and really want black and it just looks like charcoal gray.
0: Yeah, you know, we're on uncoated paper here yeah. so it
1: soaked it up. So we really like, we're like rich, lay down some ink, triple hit it if you have to. And he's usually the one to say, relax boys. Like two is enough, I'll, I'll take it easy <laughs> take boys. Take it easy boys. So, he, yeah. so um, in terms of like, so, so I, and, and as you are keenly aware, Dave, like with the pandemic, you can't just pick any paper you want these days. You got to be mindful of what's available and your quantities. Yep. You, you can't pick, like, you're lucky if you get even close to what you have in mind. And so I threw it out to, to my printer. I really yeah. trust, I, I can like troubleshoot with him. I can say, I'm looking for something uncoded. I might default to this paper stock, but like whatever you can get your hands on quickly and this quantity. I'm in, I'm, let's, let's do it. And so he, he found, um, we used Nina, uh, Crest, I think classic Crest or something like that. So I got this paper <laughs> thing here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nina yeah. classic Crest, like everything, the covers, the solid black paper It's not printed black. It's, it's got like, you know, it's like integral black, epic black, I think is what it's called. Um, and then the paper is like a natural yep. white. Again, we didn't want the stark white. We wanted that off white kind, of like, kind of like, you know, how Dwight Schrute never wears a bright white shirt. Like he's, he's always got that. Well, I'm not saying the FBI is like white, but you know, like that. Just imagine these off white kind of shirts that these guys are. and never wear like the crisp whites. Um, anyway, so it's so like off white. Yeah. And then. Um, so when when you know we sent we had in mind like exactly in our heads what we wanted this thing to look like, and our printer sent us a dummy, just a blank prototype, and was like, "Here here it is with the paper stock that you like. Here it is, you know, every it was it was a true prototype, no printed ink on it, but just so you could see it. And when Michael and I received our two prototypes, we were like, "This feels a little thin. This paper, like I know this is meant to look like seem like government issued, but it's pretty flimsy feeling and maybe we should do something we should change the production on this uh, in some way and like at that point the printer was like you know we already bought that black your cover stock i don't know how we can beef it up that much and i was like can you return paper because we want it to be thicker it's like nah not really it's gonna cost you it's gonna it's not like returning a shirt to your low you know to target or something it's like you know it's like you bought this and there's like you're showing all the speeds you gotta incur so we're like okay so that's the deal maybe and and michael came up with this like maybe what we do is we like button this up just a little bit give a little pentagram uh class and let's do a gatefold on the cover double gatefold front and back cover and yep. do a little something mm-hmm. special on the inside of the gatefold where we have foil stamp and let's do a mm-hmm. little like black on but bla- is it there is it not there so what you're seeing is kind of there in the image you have up, dave is a black foil stamp on that black yeah. uncoated paper black on black combination so you get the shiny against the myth me-, me too I and so what we didn't comedy. know we were unsure like do we want it should that be a clear stamp should it be a black stamp so our printer sent us a real like stamp of each so we could see it and the clear was really kind of weird and actually disappeared more um i I thought it would be and maybe kind of pearlescent in a way kind of had a little bit of color to it picked up like green or it's clear but it Mm -hmm. picked up green like a green hue to it it's really weird um so so the black on black was like no question that's what we got to do and then um on the front cover we've got just a run of the mill just solid white foil stamp that's not a knockout to white paper that's a foil stamp and
0: no, yeah, that was, that's what I was gonna say. When you're doing, when you're using a black paper, a white foil stamp for like chunky type is like the yeah. way to go. If you're trying to print white on black paper, you just you never yeah, get so through too
1: translucent. Yeah, yeah and so foil. you, you, and it's got a little shine to it yeah. too, and it, and then this stamp's really, really crisp too. So he did a great job printing it up, and um, and like I couldn't believe he laid down that much black ink on the inside. I loved it. it looks great. And so the effect is that like Michael sort of describes it as like you know it feels like a little um a little pocket guide that maybe some of the FBI could shove into their back pocket. And when entering into, I don't know, going to some meeting, they feel like they kind of know they' no one talks like this, but you know, you kind of have answers to really what the kids are saying.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So we, okay, we got into the specs of it and things like that. How many of these did you guys actually print out? Uh-huh. If they're going, you know, from eat from yeah. all offices. How many I you about, producing?
1: um, like forty five hundred or so, so they're you know thousands. Um, okay, I think maybe they ended up being forty seven hundred or something like that. So, so, so a good many of them. I will mm-hmm. say, I stri- i talked about stressing about that first little print job I had as an intern. I really stress about this one because it's kind of like <laughs> the whole office cares about this one. It's like got Pender like truly has pentagram's name on it. It's the thing that all our cl- like, and and these become I think for for people like something to look forward to at the end of the year. And um, and so you don't want to screw it up. And there's plenty of people like checking behind my spelling and making sure I don't ruin anything. But still there's like human error is a thing and I'm very aware of that. And I just want to do a very, very good job. Yes. So 4,700 sounds like oh, a bajillion to me and it's going to everyone. Like, every every person <laughs> yeah, of, of like, consequence in my circle is getting one. So I need to make sure it looks good.
0: Mm-hmm. So throughout the piece in the printed design, we've got this uh, sort of slightly off-white paper with, like, chunky type. Sometimes it's reversed out um, of that double-hit black, you know, with really deep, dense black. Other times it's, you know, big, chunky, dark black type on the white page. So keeping that color theme consistent throughout. Loving the foil stamp in there. Um, Tell me a little bit about the proofing and the press Mm -hmm. checks and stuff of this, because, like, it was kind of during the pandemic when everything was... I mean, you guys are producing this, so so what? Yeah, this one that? was a
1: funky one because I I actually work remotely in North Carolina, and I have for the last two years. And Michael is up in, in the mm-hmm. suburbs of New York, and our printer is in Connecticut. And our printer, I mean, that's like he can and that guy Rich would come into our office all the time, all the time to in a in a normal under mm-hmm. normal circumstances, you almost see him there every day working with the ten different teams in our office, and. Um, in this case we're all kind of like truly working from home even when it felt like it was kind of although this is right at the end where at the end of 2021 where omicron was coming through and it was like yeah. all right everyone back home and um so we did our best yeah. in sharing i mean we definitely got like we started off with that with that blank dummy prototype and get the feel of the paper make sure the paper is right make sure he understood the specs that i sent through and michael was getting him too so it wasn't just me like approving it me and michael both got the prototypes and then um we got kind of i think they're called wet prints it's sort of like the epson prints that are on really glossy photo paper in a way that
0: it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like the contract yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got proofs, those. I guess yeah.
1: because this is so black and white, little little less concerned about like oh, those pictures of those people, their flesh looks weird color flesh tone. No, 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 no image kind of corrections <laughs> yes. to do. So we were sort of relieved of that that potential problem. And and those those prints, those Epson prints, are so crisp that you get an idea of kind of what it would be like on on offset. And because it's just black and white, it's just like. Just make sure you lay down that inks was our main main concern. Um, and and so yeah. – and, and fortunately, we had that moment where the foil stamps were tested out for us. So we knew that the black black glossy foil on the uncoated paper looked great. And I can't remember if the white was printed up, like the white foil stamp. I, I, I'm not remembering. But one thing to think about that is like, wait, you're, you're foil stamping on two sides of a – I think it was an 80-pound cover. Um, or 100-pound cover? 100, I think it's 80-pound cover, actually. Yeah. And so you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, what? How is that going to pan out? Like, are you going to see an impression from the other side? So a little bit of that worry, but – our printer and I've done a lot of print jobs with him. And at this point I'm decade deep into doing this sort of thing, but he still holds my hand every step of the way. And is like, so accommodating under normal circumstances, there'd be a lot more rich coming into the office, showing us stuff. And then no no real press checks with us. We wouldn't have to go on for this. Um, just because he makes me feel so comfortable that he's got it. And also he's sort of on press watching it all the time. And I will say this, there's this part he knows I was, and he's been doing this more and more, uh, um, he sends me pictures of you know press sheets laying on top of his table, so I can get a sense of it, and and it's really nice to see that. In fact, this is kind of interesting. One time, this is why you go on press checks, Dave, and this is why you suggest people do it. He sent me something one time, another project, and I was sort of like trying to figure out how that press sheet worked out. And I was thinking, like, I think he's got that backwards. And, in fact, he did. He had, like, the page. He misinterpreted some some detail I gave him and had, like, a page printing upside down or out of different order. And I remember him picking up the phone and calling me, and we sorted out it right there. It was so nice. It was perfect. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. When you get that knowledge and you've worked with somebody so long, you understand, um, sort of what they're seeing, what you're seeing, and you really get this like really good complementary yeah. relationship. Um, And yeah, about the press check note, 100%, I highly recommend that all designers go to press checks whenever possible, because not only do you get to see it and you could potentially catch things like that, that weren't as obvious on proofs and and things like that, but also for Mm us as a learning opportunity, like to really see the behind the scenes in the old sausage factory and how it's all made and how it comes together. Like that's a really, when you understand the process, you can design to sort of hack the process and take advantage yeah. of the process um, and to create some yeah, really exciting things.
1: For sure. And um, and it's always nice to meet the people on press too because they're like – a little kooky, a little crazy, you know, smell too much ink and whatever cleaning solution. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Pressman exactly. can be and an and adventurous sort of like bunch. Recognize that it's not, it's a production thing, but it's an art in and of itself. And and if you've had enough things printed mm-hmm. up, you can tell yeah. like a solid printer from a different printer. It's almost like I would love to shop around one, like who has the means to do this anyhow? Like shop around the same project to three different printers. Like if, if a client's saying, I want to, i want to form some sort of relationship with a printer for the next five years well okay this is how you do it how about we we shop we like have them each three different print shops print up the same project and let's just evaluate who looks best and let that be kind of the model by which you select the people because a lot of i mean as as you know a lot of a lot of times it's like yeah lowest bidder that sort of thing and so or or when in sometimes we get really lucky where they just take our recommendation. We're like, Oh, thank God we get to work with someone that we love. So um, (laughs)
0: I'm
1: spoiled. Sometimes we get spoiled that way. So we're we're fortunate to be that way to get that.
0: Awesome. So what was the reception of this project or, or first let me, let me go this, this angle. You had seen some photos, you'd seen some foil stamping samples. You've seen some stock samples. What was that moment like though, when you, had the boxes arrive at your office or your home of the first final copies like before you open that box are you like are you terrified Um, excited what are you feeling
1: opening the box feels like it takes what's a half a minute to open it up feels like three hours I'm sweating a little bit and I'm and and all I'm all I do is I kind of hold my breath thumb through it look at it hold it upside down make sure nothing falls out and then I have this, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God that went well. Then there's a moment where you really get it and really look at it and say, man, foil stamp looks really sexy. He he really did a good job printing that. He really watched that on press, did a good job. Or you you flip through it. And then – so you have have that moment where you look at it from a very production point of view, designer point of view, evaluating, quality, controlling the thing. And then you have a moment where you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to pretend I'm a recipient of this for once and just like sit back and enjoy it and read it. So – they quit, as as long as yeah. you open up that envelope and you feel reassured by what you designed and spent all that time doing, um, and you like it at first, you know. Upon inspection, you then can actually enjoy it like everybody else. So it's just to such a, such a, you know, you you Dave as a printer, you know you know best sort of the pressures that we designers feel, and it's so. Uh, it's the end of the it's the last step right and you know that designers have gone through hundreds of hundreds of decisions to get to the point at which you're printing it and it's in your mm-hmm. capable hands we all just want it to go so well and when it does it just feels like like the you know finishing crossing the finish line and you're kind of like first across feels so so satisfying and, and nice
0: <laughs> did you smell it be honest, I, I, did you I, I smell it? I wish I could
1: say I did, but I don't think I did. Because there's a lot, of, if, if if I may, I'll, I'll give it a <laughs> whiff.
0: Yeah, get yeah, in there. Get sh- in there.
1: It smells kind of like print shop, like kind of like factory, but not as, pu- not, I think it's been aired out for too long. I want it to yeah. smell a bit more, I want it to smell more pulpy. Oh, for sure. And,
0: yeah. 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 It's just a thing that I developed. Maybe it's a printer thing and looking <laughs> after print jobs. But I can almost tell different paper stocks from the smell of of. You're like print. a sommelier. And, you're like a um, printer
1: sommelier. Have you seen sommelier. the, show, the uh, documentary SOM on Netflix? Uh, Dave, that's immediately fine. No, this, this, and you I mean, you know how people smell wine and they sort of say smell vanilla, yeah. fruit, yeah. Well, dirt, earth, whatever. And you're kind of like, that's bullshit. And then, but sommeliers, uh, to become a master sommelier, you have to like smell and taste them and you blind identify them. And incredible how well they can do it. I think they even d- identify like the year, too, region, what kind of, they'll like name the exact wine in the year and everything. And I think Good you could do Lord. that with paper smelling. I don't know if you necessarily have anyone else smelling paper as much as you, but you could be a master like paper sommelier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah my wife will think i'm crazy sometimes we'll get the mail and i'll just kind of flip through oh what's this little you know what oh, yeah. but as a okay. as a yeah, civilian yeah, you know like you at a restaurant
1: you recommend pairings and paper you know you can recommend paper pairings for whatever yep. kind of print methods you you, the designer yep. has in mind I, I might have may have lined up a career path for you, Dave. if you're not already doing this a way of marketing yourself <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: Yeah, so when a customer asks me what paper they should pick for a project, I'll say, you know, are you, are you thinking visual or, <laughs> or, or, or sense, like smell? So you, Do you want it to smell a certain yeah, exactly. way? exactly. It's <laughs> just the same reason why cra- – Back to crayons.
1: They have a very particular smell too. That's part of it. It's the feeling yeah. it. It's also the smelling
0: it. Okay, now that we've had this conversation, the next time you do a print job, <laughs> I want you to text me when you get the final result, I'll and send I want to you- know if you smelled it. I want to know if I've made a mark.
1: I'll I'll tell you what kind of smelling (laughs) notes I
0: pick up. So I'll send it to you. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing, uh, I've got a couple of last questions here for you, Britt, before I let you go. Um, The first one is I wanted to dive in just casually to a couple of these terms that are in this book um, that I've never, ever heard of in my life. And I want to know which ones of these are sort of interpreted uh-huh. by pentagram and which ones are like taken from yeah, the I actual mean, document
1: this is a an exact pull from the document itself we're not, pentagram's not doing any interpreting or kind of had no creative liberties with but go ahead these are okay. great these are really
0: okay good. i mean there's so many but the first one that jumps out is salts i've never heard of the short the the short form SALTS, which stands for smiled a little then stopped.
1: <laughs> it's like a very, a very never a heard of person that? of a particular kind of personality would say that, right? Kind of like someone who's kind of smug or irritated. Yeah. Yeah. Or like who would say, What when would you use that? Like <laughs> you'd probably say that never to a person who didn't smile too. It's like, yeah, I was kind of like irritated with him. So I SALTS, you know, you'd never say a sm- SALTS to someone's
0: yeah. face. Where it's like a, a waiter comes to the table and just goes, oh, how's your meal going, sir?
1: <laughs> so, Which is confusing because it's food. It's
0: it's <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. I can see the tie in there. And then I've heard of like rolling on the floor laughing, R-O-F-L. I've heard of like um, or yep. R-O-T-F-L. I've heard of rolling on the floor laughing my ass off, but this is R-O-T-F-F-N-A-R, rolling on the floor right. for no apparent reason. This one reason.
1: smells like, if now we smell everything, this one smells like someone asked their, some of the FBI asked their kids, what's something, you know, the kids are saying these days and that that, that kid added a couple words at the end of it, you know?
0: <laughs> yes, 100%. And the one right below that is uh, <laughs> sort of the final one I'll mention, sort of getting into, uh, you know, in this digital world, I hope there isn't a whole lot of NIFOC, but I bet there is. Um, It's N-I-F-O-C, which stands for (laughs) naked in front of computer.
1: Yeah, whether you're aware of that or not, I don't know. What's what's great, and and I didn't mention this, but Matt did a really good job, uh, Matt Willey, of kind of designing this. I mean, he's he's being expressive with type, but he could be more expressive. And one of the things I love, that's one of my favorite spreads, because he's got the capital N on the left, really big. On on its own on the left-hand side of the spread, and then ifoc ifoc smaller on the right. So you really feel like someone standing up. (laughs) That capital N is standing up naked, right next to the rest of it. Uh, Ifoc. It's it's yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. It feels like yeah, loud and proud. Yeah, that one was great. Yeah,
0: beautiful. So since this was done and sent out to, to all of the contacts throughout Pentagram, oh, what's um, been the feedback? What's been, um, you know, I, I usually say ROI, yeah, I but what's right. the, yeah, what's the feedback this fun on for us. this?
1: a way for us to engage with people once a year. Um, And it's not like a direct kind of promotional piece. It's just like sending it out to remind you guys to yeah. enjoy the holidays. Um, So far, so I'm, it's funny you say that, Dave. I, if I were typically in an office setting, all the time, What's nice is the day that our communications director has all these printed pieces out on all the desks, you know, kind of after the holidays. Here's your holiday card. We didn't mail it out to you, but here. It's so nice to see people flipping through them all together, all at once. You're like, oh my god, the holiday cards uh-huh. here. Let's look at it. Or actually, we may have gotten them in advance of them being mailed out, so you kind of got like inside scoop. And I just remember it being so fun flipping through them, almost like yearbooks coming out at the end of the year. You're like, oh my god, the, the year, yearbooks here. It had that effect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing. this this year I didn't experience the whole like office kind of oh way to go. Good judge is so great. Did you knife? Oh my God, I'm going to use that next time. And none of, none of that. time. Yeah.
0: I was going to yeah. say you had a yeah, week exactly. of people using knife. I after you, think <laughs> you think you kind of
1: gauge it by, this is awful to say you gauge by like how people are reacting on social media about it. It seems to be being a positive thing. And then, but I will say what mm-hmm. is really nice is like mm-hmm. you have repeat clients who, you know, later in the year we'll say hey we've got this project coming up and we really want you to work on it we love the holiday card our office love flipping through. that's like kind of the best the, the side awesome. notes are kind of the ones that sort of ring the most with me and, and stick with me the most and um and, and i love it when they're like yeah. not designers i love it when it's like i don't know someone in real estate or at a nonprofit, and you're like this weird little designy thing that we do once a year like or, like, lawyer, even lawyers are like really into that. It's funny. Like, all, all you know, I have really varied clients we do at Pentagram, and like they all sort of are into this thing that we do every year. So, that's the fun part.
0: That's awesome. Um, what, uh, from the timeline of, okay, this is the idea and what we're going to do, to holding a finished piece in your hand? I'll give you what some is the exact timeline?
1: numbers? Hang on. Oh, you, you're probably looking at like, um, now there's a little bit of hold up because of like paper supply and all that. This is this is just a couple months. This is not yeah. not not a long time. Um, okay. Mostly because like we we are our own client here you know I mean other than the partner saying yeah go for it there wasn't yeah. like oh yeah the, the client said they wanted to change out that one page about that is too weird or the word naked kind of freaks them out can we you know it's none of that we only had ourselves we were our own clients for better for worse we can move quick it's like I slack my boss mm-hmm. Michael and like this is the thing He's like yeah it looks good let's do it which reminds <laughs> remind me, I was looking back through some of our communications on this and funny how he and I were kind of coming up with our own acronyms mm-hmm. as we were communicating about like how the book was going but we'd have to say like what the acronym is like a really long <laughs> one and then kind of give it the answer so it was fun doing that with him but but just a couple months and that's like the when, when we sent the files over to the printer he banged it out in like just a couple weeks the foil stamping was the part that kind of took a little bit of time just because awesome. um, you know that's an extra it's not like just printing on black ink on normal paper it's an extra little finish
0: yeah yeah a little extra time there Awesome. Um, So, but the last question before I let you go here is there's all these graphic designers out there who are collecting their iPhone boxes and hanging on to great print that they come across and they want to start Mm -hmm. creating print or packaging. What advice would you give that designer who's looking to start and start? Yeah. um,
1: Well, what's great is that um, as designers, we design things that are everywhere, not just on acting as pixels on a screen And there's no way to engage with it other than just to tap the screen and a little heart highlights in red. You mean we have these physical, and it's it's realizing that everything that you see is designed and produced, made, uh, you know, designed by a designer, and then there's a production to that thing getting made. So part of it is just being aware of that and trying to tune into things that the reasons why you might like. Something, something, it's funny. Like unboxing is definitely a thing, but you know, like getting something and opening up, there's something about that feeling it gives you when you open it. So I guess the first thing would just be kind of to kind of collect the things, surround yourself with the things that you love and leave it out on the desk so that you're inspired by it. Don't shove it away and hide it away like we designers always do, but leave it out so you can kind of see it often and be inspired by it. And then also, you know, baby steps, I'd say, I'd say, your aunt is, owns mm-hmm. a nail salon and wants a business card. Start there, you know. Start with that little two by three and a half inch rectangle. Get it printed. You, you have on you have digital services that can do that. Find a local printer, whatever. But sort of start small, start mm-hmm. easy, and then build your way up. I will say, like even this little booklet Michael and Matt and I designed still throws you for a loop every once in a while, right? Like you, these things happen unexpectedly and no matter how many times you do it, there's always something new that can surprise you. So I would say build up to it and, and know that um, mm-hmm. it isn't just business cards. It isn't just folders or whatever. It actually is a whole lot of stuff. And um, that was one thing I didn't know getting into design school is how kind of pervasive our profession is and how many things are designed by something and, and, even the smallest things, you know, little itty bitty things are designed by designers, and and that's very satisfying to know that you can sweat small details. And some people will care about them, some people won't. And then there are big details you worry about, and a lot of people kind of care about it. So I guess it's big, small, vast, collect, starts, you know, start small, get bigger, that sort of thing. But don't be shy about it. Um, but but mm-hmm. it, I, I get that it's sort of like oh my god big print run what oh my god i'm gonna run so start small kind of get your footings and then kind of build as you you gain more momentum and confidence yep
0: yeah yeah that's great advice start small and then ease into it but you know don't just uh go <laughs> yeah. create a million boxes yeah you know, <laughs> right, yep. right out the gate right out the front door Awesome. Um, Britt, thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome chatting through this project with you. Um, really enjoyed our conversation. Last thing, where can people find out more about you, find more about yeah, this yeah, project? Yeah, I'll, and I'll it, put it, some Dave, links in the podcast speaking with description you too. here too. Any
1: time to get on a podcast to talk about print. Come on, baby. Who's doing this? Thank you. You're the only guy. So I'm, I'm glad you're carrying the torch Happy on days. that. So, um, And I'll be sure to kind of promote this podcast too, when it, my, my episode when it officially launches. But you can catch me. Speaking of which, um, I'm on social for media. Like we graphic designers are. My handle is uh the Brit mm-hmm. Cobb, so just my first and last name with the the out in front. And then I got a website if you want to check that out. That's my name, Britcobb.com. And then, you know, I work at Pentagram. That's my my uh a full-time gig. Lots of projects happening on that, and including this particular FBI guide to the internet slang. It's up on our project pages. Check it out. A bunch of other projects you can see too, but that's sort of where you can get it all. But if you want to catch me day to day lots of Twitter stuff happening where I'm just kind of pressing like on a lot of little beautiful printed old pieces that I find on the internet. So that's where you can find the good stuff, I suppose. Yeah, man.
0: Pleasure to meet you and thanks for having me. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you're digging what you're hearing here on the print design podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave a rating and a review. They help us. They make a smile. They help other people find the show. They help other people get into print, which is all happy things. All good things. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.